Welcome in. This is your Tuesday Scramble for February 8th, 2022. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Andy Lack. And we are, of course, presented by Prize Picks. More on them in just a second. But Andy, welcome. Dude, this, this is a week we've got here. I would say that this is the most excited I've been for a golf tournament since the Open Championship. Wow. Okay. Why? I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> the field is great. We've got 18 yeah. of the top 30 players. I love this tournament even when we don't get a good field. I talked about this a bunch on one of my podcasts where I just think that this course um, does a really, really good job of producing Sunday finishes. Like I talked oh, about how yeah. part of the reason for that is it firms up as the week goes on because it's kind of like playing in a dome and it's very hot in that area. So it always feels like it's pretty easy scoring conditions on Thursday and Friday, but then we get to Sunday and guys are ejecting left and right. And you just have some awesome like risk reward, short par fours and gettable par fives down the stretch that are really fun to watch. The two par fives down the stretch, 17, 16 is always just raucous. Like it's just a good set of closing holes that can kind of flip the tournament on its head. Yeah. And I mean, the field, obviously, like this is probably the best field that this tournament has ever had. No, like I, I was looking at, I think it was your friend Kyle Porter that tweeted something out. This strength of field was like what we get at the Memorial, you know, which this tournament is usually used to. It's 536. That's That's massive. Yeah. That's, that's really, really good. Right. And a couple guys that, um, a couple guys that are choosing to play here this year that don't normally choose to play here, like a Patrick Cantlay, which is going to be really fun to see. Yeah, I just want to see what last year's was. Last year's was, yeah, 418. That's a big jump. Yeah, so it's – is is there an event that has gotten, like, a, a bigger boost in the last 10 years? I feel like with the combination of – People realizing this course is great. It it, it used to just be like the party event, right? Like if you wanted to party, go to Phoenix, but now it's, it's still that and you get the great play and you've had good finishes. Like the, the, the way that this event is, uh, is perceived, I feel like has skyrocketed in the last 10 years. Yeah. I think it has a little bit to do with the course. I think it's a great course. It's a great setup that players really genuinely enjoy playing. My guess, I mean, they talk about this sometimes with like the travelers where the travelers has a better field than it should sometimes because the tournament just treats its players really well. So players like coming back there year after year. I think that's probably a similar situation with Phoenix. I think there's certain players that love feeding off this atmosphere. You look at the player quotes year after year and they're like, I just love coming here. The atmosphere is pretty electric and for a non-major tournament i think this probably has one of the coolest and best atmospheres that you'll see all year a couple of items um i'm wearing my loud hat there you go how cool is that instead of you know being like silence this is for you know for for waste management and i must admit i was um here's i'm gonna share my screen here andy this Mm -hmm. this logo at the top you see this logo at the top i do uh it took me way too long to realize that that's that's the outline of the stadium at 16. I had no idea what that was for like six years. My guess was it, my immediate first thought was garbage can because right. waste management. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which maybe it's like kind of both, but like, I'll see if I can find the aerial of it. Like that is the state. That's the exact same state shape as the stadium of 16. That's really cool. And I know you're a huge trophy guy right trophy and logos t- yeah so off the top i don't even remember the trophy do we have a good trophy this week oh like let's let's find out waste management uh trophy i feel like it would i feel like it's crystal yeah okay i think it is here we go so this is web holding it up come on we'll just do this so like here's web right ricky's holding it solid Maybe i can open yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not like a huge fan of the crystals, but like yeah. I, I get their elegance, but like, yeah, it's a good, it's fine. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, seven out of 10 in that range. Seven out of 10. Okay, uh, before we dive too deep into Phoenix, I want to go back to Pebble Beach real quick. Uh, 
Hoagie gets it done, dude. Was he just absolutely flawless on like the back nine on Sunday? He looked so good, Rick. And I think the reason why myself and so many others were on him was you look at the iron stats and this guy over like a very large sample size, whether you want to look at 50 rounds, 75 rounds, even a super recent sample size, like this guy has shown us over a very large period of time that he is one of like the best wedge to mid iron players on tour. And you really saw that on full display on Sunday. Like I, I made a similar joke on one of my other podcasts, but if you just dropped aliens at Pebble Beach and gave them no contest context and asked them to watch Jordan Spieth and watch Tom Hoagie play golf and ask them who was the guy with three majors and 12 wins, like they would say Tom Hoagie. Like Tom Hoagie hit the ball in the center of the club face every time he had the ball in a string. It's a three-yard draw on command. So I was so I know the stats said it, but it was really cool to watch him play and see, okay, these are why the stats are saying it. Yeah, the there I, I also don't remember uh you know recently a a switch that was flipped so quickly where this was Jordan Spieth's to win when he was on 17. All of a sudden he misses a five footer. Hoagie makes uh the birdie after stuffing one at 16, and you're like, holy crap, now Hoagie's like definitely gonna win this in a matter of 18 minutes. Yeah, it flips really quickly. And oh, man, Jordan Spieth, he is I love when Jordan Spieth is in contention. Twitter is always going to freak out. It's such a wild ride. It always feels like a roller coaster. It never looks easy. It always looks a hundred times harder than it should. But I don't know, Rick, I want to ask you this. Like we both talked about on the scramble, how we were very concerned about Jordan Spieth coming into the event. Sure. The numbers were incredible. I mean, we had, he had this great iron round on Saturday. I still don't know if he completely passed the eye test. Like, where do you net out on Jordan Spieth going forward? Yeah, I mean, the eye test uh, is always kind of hard for Jordan, right? Especially because he always looks frantic and nervous and he's talking to Michael like it's the end of the world. And just like the, the eye test is always tough with him. But kind of what we talked about, I, I think we actually described uh, this past week is kind of a litmus test for, for George Spieth. And, and we were, you know, if he didn't play well at Pebble beach, that might be worth panicking a little bit. And what he did, and this is only, it's only two measured rounds at Pebble beach, like gain 5.7 strokes on approach, be a small positive off the tee. That's like exactly what we described as the path to him being really successful. And it's what he did basically for the, the entirety of last year. So I, I I'm, I think Spieth, the eye test is always going to be hard because it's always going to look a lot harder than it is. Um, but these are this is a really good stat profile at a place that if he did not play well at, we would have been pressing the panic button. Yeah, I'm pretty encouraged about Spieth going forward. And, you know, both of us are pretty on the record at this point about how we have pretty high hopes for Spieth at some of the major championships because some of these it's major venues set him. up set yeah. up really well for his game. So I'm really encouraged to see him play well this week. And, you know, the Masters is going to be here before we know it. So it's glad to have Spieth back in the conversation. Uh, quick one and done update. Oh, boy. Cameron Tringale gets $0 for me. I remain at $170,000. I have not had a player make a cut yet this year. And you flipped from Berger on the Wednesday night withdrawal to Matt Fitzpatrick, which was allowed. There was there was some 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 discourse about this, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> should we let Andy switch? Oh no, you should have known that Berger was going to be hurt. Obviously, we were going to let Andy uh, switch. He goes with Matthew Fitzpatrick. It's two hundred ninety three thousand, and you're one point four million for the season. Uh, I won't reveal it yet, Andy, but I'm in full panic mode. I'm grasping at anything and I'm probably going to do something very stupid this week. So I still don't feel totally comfortable in the lead. I want to get to a point where you can pick off a win and I can miss a cut and I'm still leading. Mm. And I still think that, you know, if you get the winner right this week and I have a guy miss the cut or even not finish in the top 10, it's flipped. Right. Like we're still at that point. What's the what's the winner share this week? Like one point three ish million, something like that. Something like that. And yeah, and, and obviously the payouts are super top heavy. So like if you find a guy, if you get a first or a second or a solo second or something like that, it's just a it's a massive jump. Yeah. So I'm feeling good. Um, 
not, I don't want to say we're on cruise control. I've still, we're still really focused. We're not going to take our foot off the gas, but yeah, I was really impressed with Fitzpatrick last week. We kind of saw Rick as uh, the week went on and the conditions got a little bit harder and the course firmed up like that is Matt Fitzpatrick's jam. And maybe if we got five rounds of golf, Fitzpatrick would have found himself squarely in the mix. That's not a bad point at all. Okay. We got to jump into Phoenix, which is no longer called the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It's called the WM Phoenix Open. We can get to that later. But uh, we got to do a lot. We got to do picks. We got to talk about uh, specific players. We've got to do our matchups. We've got to answer questions from the chat. But first, we're going to take 30 seconds, and we'll see you on the other side. Remember, Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field, but I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those two together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. The Phoenix Open, TPC Scottsdale, a course that we know and love. We are out of course rotation season. And Andy, historically, kind of, if you want to look at the eye test, if you want to look at kind of some of the regression models, it feels like this is a second shot course, one that rewards the better ball strikers. Yeah, I would agree. I think approach uh, is crucial this week. I mean, what week is it not crucial? But especially this week, a lot of the par fours um are outside of the drivable 17th you have a lot of like middle middling par fours in that kind of 420 to 460 range which puts a lot of kind of middle to short irons in players hands and you know the one main thing is you got to keep it out of the water and you got to keep it out of the desert so i do think that an ability to drive the ball well here is super important and these greens are really smooth they're really pure it's this overseeded blend of uh bermuda and uh there's some bent in there and we've seen guys like kyle stanley and hideki matsuyama who aren't the best putters be able to find some success on these um, on these putting greens. And I think that's because they're so smooth and true. So I, I'm definitely looking at ball strikers this week, Rick. They're they're set set to run at like a 12 this week, which was, I think last week was 10 and a half, but you have to do that for the amateurs. And I feel like you always get some guys that are jarred by the speed a little bit. We saw uh, we've seen guys put it off off the green into the water on what is that 17 there like mm. so the, the speed will shock some of these guys out of the gate i feel like especially if they played last week and like i mentioned if it gets faster as the week goes on because there's a lot of sunlight you're playing in a valley you're playing in the desert and so the sun is going to continue to bake these greens out and that's why we see guys ejecting left and right over the weekend i agree i'm really except we see these greens um very similar greens at pga west um, the TPC Sawgrass has somewhat similar greens, so I'm really excited to get away from POA and hopefully get in a situation where a five footer for one of my players is maybe a little bit less tilting. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Um, the couple of big question marks for this week, uh, and a lot of questions in the chat, so I'll try to go through a couple of these. Uh, I can lump some of them together, but Alex Hahn referencing the concerns about Daniel Berger. Berger withdrew Wednesday night last week, which is better than him withdrawing on uh, Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon or something like that. But uh, Berger has been phenomenal, Andy, for the last year. This is a place that he's had a, a good run of success at, unless a reporter is actually going to ask him about his back. Like, what are we supposed to do with this guy? Okay, so I have my answer for this. I want to flip it on you first, but I'm going to ask you a two-part question, both DraftKings and betting, because I think people are very curious about both. What is your buy number on Burger? Like, what is the, and this is, Rick, assuming that we get no information going forward. Like, what is the outright number on Burger that you're like, okay, I don't care that we've gotten any more information I'm going with him. And what is the ownership percentage where you're like, okay, I don't care if we don't have any information. I'm going to take a chance on this guy as a leverage play. Yeah. So uh, I already bet the number, which is <laughs> I got it at 35. Now, if okay. you are, um, if you're, if you're betting with a reputable, good book, 
uh, and you trust Daniel Berger to withdraw on Wednesday, this bet doesn't matter, right? Because it, it would be refunded to you. So uh, that is kind of my backup plan. The worst case scenario would be that Berger plays nine holes on Thursday morning and withdraws. But I think um, just based on what we saw last week, uh, maybe he's a bit more cautious about teeing it up if he's not if he's not going to be able to complete four rounds. So I trust him a little bit. Uh, so 35 is the number. I think uh, 30 I would have betted at. Um, 25 I would have probably been a little bit hairy just because of the, the guys that are that are also priced there. But in terms of ownership, if you give me access to a single-digit Daniel Berger, uh, like, I, like he has been, and I can pull this up for you, like it's really hard to portray how good he's been. So if you go to, you know, the power rankings for the last 50 rounds, just golfers in this field, I'll show my screen here in just one uh, second. Once I can click the button. Burger's like the fourth best player in this field. It's Rom Cantlay, Louis Burger. Weighted strokes gain total last 50 rounds players in this field. Like he's been that good. The iron play phenomenal. Like I, I, I want to, I want access to burger this week. Okay. So we're aligned on this Rick. So 35 was my number two. If I, if I was able to find a 35 on burger, I would take the chance. And yeah, I think at single digit ownership, I think he's a great play. Right. And you know, maybe he's even, a guy you want to take your chances on in one and done. I think a lot of people will be scared off in one and done, but that's another market where it's yeah. kind of boom or bust. And, you know, if he misses the cut, he misses the cut, but he also has the upside to win the win a tournament like this. So I, I'm with you. I like your outright bet on him. I haven't gotten there yet just because I'm kind of overexposed with some other guys, but I'm with you. I am cautiously optimistic. The fact that he's playing this week, I think if the numbers start to slip a little bit, um, I think he's a great play this week and I'm not super afraid. Are you afraid of Brooks Kepka? Cause he's our defending champion. He's I mean, he's really struggled. Like this is, this is to me, one of the scarier guys on the planet to try to fade just because of, uh, his ability to pop his ability to kind of show up. But like, if you remove the name Brooks Kepka from the statistical profile that I'm showing you right now, I would have very little interest on him. So how do you even have a conversation about Brooks Kepka at this point? It's like, because he has won this tournament last year with no form, it's there's no way that you can say, oh, he can't do that again when he literally did it last year. But I don't know, man, the the equipment change. Um, I had my eye on him a lot in the fall. I made some I hit him at this number last year, but I also made some dumb bets on him in the fall at these 30 plus numbers thinking, OK, anytime Brooks has a three next to his name, that's an auto bet. The issue is that Brooks wins one time with a three or a four or a five next to his name. And everybody forgets about all the other times where um, he is terrible. But I guess you kind of only need him to do it once or twice to pay off all those other bets. But I don't know. I don't find myself feeling. I understand all the people that are like, this guy's an auto bet at this number. We saw what he did last year. I don't find myself super compelled to go there, Rick. What about you? No. Not, not particularly. I just, if uh, this is kind of one of those situations where like if Brooks burns me in Phoenix, okay, you, you can have it. I'm not that the, the only argument to be made is that, Hey, it's Brooks. He can kind of do anything. And I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. You make a good point. Like we, I've said that 15 times since the last time he won and I'm 15 for 15 and in, in being right on that, right? Like it's, yeah. it's going to burn me eventually, but I, I don't think it, I, I, when it does, I'm not going to be upset about it. Yeah, me at. neither. I mean, again, I think from a DraftKings perspective, if you get like a, a very low owned Brooks, he's an interesting pivot because I like the upside, but like if him and Berger are the same number, I think I'd rather bet Berger. I think that's right. Yeah. So it's fascinating with those guys that are question marks and there's the top of the board is awesome. Do you think there was a question in the chat? Um, I'll try to find it, but it was basically like with one and done this week, which we'll get to at the end because the field is so strong, 18, of the top 30 players in the world. Do you think that that spreads out the ownership more or because we have some guys with really, really good history here that it'll kind of get consolidated on three or four different guys? I think it 100% spreads it out, uh, Rick. I think that Sam Burns is going to be a very popular one-and-done selection. Mm. I think 
that uh, JT, Rom, Hovland, and Cantlay, like this is a big enough tournament that people are going to go to those four guys, but not overwhelmingly so. I think Scotty Scheffler is going to be a very popular one and done selection. And, you know, you add all of those guys to get Hideki, right? And you add all those guys together. And I don't think this is a situation where if you're in a large one and done contest where you have somebody above, 12 or 15%. I think you can kind of take the strategy of pick who you like this week. Pick who you like. I like that. All right. We're going to pick who we like in a couple of different forms. We're doing props on the other side, and we are going to do matchups as well with finally our one and done picks at the end of the show. So uh, they are going to be coming hot and heavy, but first we're going to take a quick break. All of the tools and data that you see me use on this channel is from my site, rickrungood.com. RickRunGood.com is one of the largest golf databases on the planet, and it's geared towards making your DFS and betting research process as efficient as possible. There are literally millions of data points in the database, and while that might sound intimidating, the tools that I've built allow you to cut through the data quickly, choose what's important to use, and even build lineups that are ready for import directly into DraftKings. Outside of that, membership gets you access to the Slack channel, currently 2,000 run-gooders who are ready to share insights and have a little fun. I love it and you will too. Sign up at rickrungood.com. Andy, let's prop it like it's hot. Let's do our prize pick segment, which by the way, I went just head on into props last week. Uh, I absolutely love this. It's so simple Yet there's so many different ways that you can play with, okay, am I going to do two props on an entry? Am I going to do five? What, like, how am I going to allocate this? Like it, it, there's so much strategy for it being so simple. I love prize picks, Rick. I've ha- <laughs> I'm having, so, I'm having so much fun with this as well. I love that, you know, and we'll talk about the props that we're on, but you have these options where if you do a little bit of legwork, not a lot of legwork, you can like, it's basically a math equation and you can take advantage of some things that we have like a pretty good statistical reading on over a large sample side. So I've had such a blast uh, digging into these props and I can't wait to talk about some more this week. Couple of prize picks items before we jump into this. So it is now available in Virginia. So Virginia, you're on board. Congratulations. Go give it a crack. Also, you no longer, Andy, have to pick and over and in under, you can do two unders, two overs. You don't have to. Previously for golf, you would have to pick one from each side. That's gone now, which opens up a lot of opportunities because you and I were talking beforehand. There's a lot of unders that are just naturally seeming to be popping up in the math in the mathematical models. Yeah, I skewed heavily towards the unders this week. And I guess maybe we thought like they were getting killed on entries that were just going super heavy with overs and unders, but they're saying, hey, we're willing to do that. And so we'll talk about the ones that I like, but I think there's some really good opportunities because some of these totals felt a little bit high to me. So the promo code you're looking for is Rick. It's a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And if you want access to the brand new tool that I just built that looks like this, it's on my website, rickrungood.com. It's free. It's underneath data tools, free tools, prize picks. And Andy, what I attempted to accomplish here was kind of what you were talking about, where I could merge together my database, which has every round by every golfer ever, not ever, but back to like 1980. And then uh, basically factor in the course for each week, how hard it is to hit fairways, how hard it is to hit greens, what the scoring averages generally are. And then we could kind of put true numbers on the likelihood of each one of these props going over and under. To, to, to the math problem that you were talking about, this is like the most fun nerdy part about this whole thing it's so easy to use too. And like you see with that tool that you have right there up on the screen, like you can actually put percentages next to players based on what they've done historically. Right. And, and try and figure out like, okay, we're able to get a little bit more specific here, right? Like it is, maybe it's a little bit harder to figure out what a player is going to shoot, but if you get more specific and say, okay, this 
course that he's going to, they hit greens at like a 65% rate, but this player hits greens at like a 59% rate and they have the over at this. Like you can basically just use the percentages in your favor to make some really educated decisions. And I think that's why both of us are probably having so much fun with that. Yeah, the other thing that I allowed uh, users to do on this tool is you can change the number of rounds. So you can, you know, load in 100 rounds and see everybody's kind of long-term form, or you can go more recent, which I think that's kind of the way that I've been going, Andy, is like 10 rounds, 20 rounds, trying to find guys in the bit of, um, you know, hot streaks or cold streaks. I, I'll have to do a lot of back testing on that to see if it's actually the right way to go, but if the smaller sample size feels like the right way to go. I could see an argument for both ways, right? Like, uh, especially sometimes like with wedges and short irons, I like to look at who's kind of, who's hot right now, who, who's, who's kind of locked in right now. But sometimes with off the tee, like I like to go a little bit of a larger sample size to see kind of who's a good driver of the ball. It kind of depends how you want to do it. I think I'm still kind of fiddling with it too. I've kind of found like a nice happy medium in that like, 20 to 30 round range that I was able to find some success at last week um, at Pebble, but I'm excited to see where it goes this week. Okay, Andy, uh, hit us with your first prop of the week. Where are you looking to start your entry? Okay, so the first guy I went with was Billy Horschel under 13 greens in regulation. So at uh, TPC Scottsdale, greens and regulation percentage, it's right around tour average. It's 67%. They're kind of medium-sized greens. They're not necessarily super difficult to hit, not necessarily super easy to hit. But Horschel is just not a good iron player, or he hasn't been for quite some time right now, right? He's 67th in this field in greens and regulation gain, 114th in strokes gain approach. He's lost over one and a half strokes on approach in his last three starts, lost 2.9 through two rounds at the farmers, lost 8.4, two starts ago at the century. So his irons can go ice cold and quite simply his irons are ice cold right now. So I will happily take the under on 13 greens and regulation and Billy Horschel. 13 greens and regulation uh, feels like a lot. Feels like yeah. a lot for for Billy Horschel for so, a good iron player. That's a great round. So yeah, yeah. and and uh, I don't think we would necessarily categorize uh, Billy Horschel as a great iron player. Um, okay, I'm going with first one is Scotty Scheffler under eight and a half fairways. So this is kind of eye test and tool depending on how you want to look at the last X number of rounds. You can get Scotty Scheffler at like you know the under it leans the tool leans on the under, but listen, Scheffler is. It's like 123rd in driving accuracy on tour. These fairways are harder than average to hit on the PGA tour coming out in round one. I feel like is kind of a, you know, you got to get off to a good start. And uh, Scotty historically does not find a lot of fairways. So I'll take under eight and a half Scotty Scheffler fairways in round number one. That's my first prop. I like that. He's, he's aggressive too. Like Scotty hits a lot of drivers. So if he, you know, he's going to hit, he's not the type of guy that's going to lay back a ton off the tee. So I like that one a lot. Okay. Now your next prop, uh, is a guy that has really struggled recently. So I kind of like that you're picking on him here. Who is it? Yeah. So that was kind of my strategy with both Billy Horschel and the second player that I'm going to talk about Harris English, where I'm just picking on these two guys that with these specific skill sets, irons in the case of Billy and, uh, off the tee in the case of Harris English, they just haven't been good recently. And these fairways are kind of slightly harder to hit than average 59% compared to tour average of 62%. Um, and English is 104th off the tee right now, but they have him at eight fairways. So I'll take the under. He's he's 66th in fairways gained. The driver just hasn't been very good in two starts this year. He's lost 5.3 off the tee and 3.5 off the mm. tee. That is not great, Harris. So I will definitely pick on somebody who's just really ice cold off the tee right now and take under eight fairways on Harris English. All right, and I'll add one more under to the mix, which you can do now. So you don't have to do unders and overs. You could do all overs. You could do all unders. And I'm going with Kisner under fantasy points. Now, Andy, this is um, this is just his score. 
I like the way that they've done this. There must be some legality around that where they <laughs> they can't say just like, what's he going to shoot? It's like, hey, under 69 and a half fantasy points uh, and a way you get one fantasy point is with one stroke. Pretty, pretty sharp. So it is technically under 69 and a half fantasy points. The model shows it at 80%, which is a big number. I'm using wow. a very small sample size, which will create some more extremes, but that's only two under par. Uh, 69 would be two under par at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, Kisner is the most accurate driver of the golf ball uh, on the PGA Tour right now, so he's going to play out of the fairway quite a bit. He's back on Bermuda, which is, I think, a better place for him. He's not playing with amateurs. Like I, I just, I, I think this is a much better spot uh, for Kisner than last week was, where he, where he kind of, uh, I think he missed the cut last week. He really struggled, uh, but before that, had started his 2022 off in a pretty strong fashion. So I think this is a good bounce back spot for Kisner to get off and shoot two under in the opening round. Yeah, I agree. I like that a lot. I want to get, I have leaned so far, mostly towards the greens and the fairways, so but I fine. bet. Yeah. But I want to, I want to, I want to expand a little bit. Cause I, I think I was just like glancing on the screen at some of these fantasy points once too. And there are some ones that caught my eye a ton too. So I, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I, I I go back and forth on this because it's like, okay, the tee shot is, you know, try to hit a fairway. You have a perfect lie every single time. We kind of know how hard it is to hit a lot of these fairways, all that good stuff. But in theory, the more variables you put together, the like the more consistent it should be, right? So when you have 70 shots in a round or 68 shots in a round, it ends up being a larger sample size. That should be easier to predict. I go back and forth on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... I think the main point is there's tons of opportunities there. And I think they're probably yeah. only, they're probably only going to start adding more stuff too, which is really cool. Like we've already yeah. seen them allow us to go um, one card with all unders, one card with all overs. So um, I can't say enough about uh, how much fun I'm having with this site so far. And I'm, I'm really glad we've, we've added them on as a sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. There's a link in the description to sign up. And oh, but the other thing is these lines are moving. Like we are moving the markets on these. So you probably <laughs> want to get, get them in very, very quickly. I get a lot of DMs or, or, or emails that are like, you said it was at 69 and a half and now it's at 68 and a half. It's like, uh, act quick. Uh, but the code you're looking for is Rick. It's a 100% instant deposit up to $100. There's a link in the, in the description as well. Virginia is now live. You can do all overs. You can do all unders. It's been an absolute blast. And we'll keep an eye on it all week long, which Andy leaves us with just two more things to do. My friend head to head matchups, which I've got some good ones for this week and our one and done selections but we're gonna take a quick break we'll do it we'll do it all on the other side <laughs> caesar sportsbook has a new awesome offer for those who haven't signed up yet they'll match your first deposit with a free bet up to fifteen hundred dollars when you deposit at least 50 bucks that means if you deposit five hundred dollars you'll get a five hundred dollar free bet credit it's one of the best offers currently available and this offer from caesars and more offers from betmgm and bet rivers are available at rickrungood.com bets find your state and find your offer more states being added often good luck matchups andy you and i were both two and three last week which moves your two-week total to seven and three mine to four and six Trying to see if there was any ones that were really weird. Oh, power over Spieth. We both took power over Spieth, <laughs> which was on Saturday, an 11 shot oh swing. Oh my gosh. And on Sunday, I think it was three more shots. So it was a 14 shot swing in two days. That did not feel great. Yeah. Tringale over day also was a tough one. And both our Kevins uh, missed the cut as well. So. Hope we'll we'll rebound this week. I, I I like the matchups you've got for us. All right, let's jump into it. First one: Xander Shoffley versus Scotty Scheffler. Oh, Scheffler versus Shoffley. What side do you want? These are my two favorite golfers, Rick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've pitted them against each other. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going. I'm going Scheffler. I'm going Scheffler here. I. Okay, here's a here's a quick aside. How much are you putting into guys who played in Saudi last week? Yeah, so there was a question about that as well, and I was uh, going to pull that up. Any concerns? Here we go, Matthew. Any concerns for the players coming back from the Middle East from a travel slash rest standpoint? I think I don't think I care. 
because they're not flying middle seat of coach. I'm sure no. they flew private or something very luxurious on the way back. And um, they get to go back in time. And these guys travel a lot. They're kind of used to the way their bodies work through time zones. I'm, I'm generally not that concerned about it. And it almost feels like they've baked it a little bit into their price. Like you can get a pretty fair number on Finau this week who played in Saudi. I think the Xander number is relatively fair. Like the Abe answer number is relatively fair. The only guy that you're really not getting much of a price break on is Bubba. And that's because he almost won in Saudi. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. I think it's something unquantifiable, but I think these guys, I think all the guys that I just mentioned are most likely flying privately, but I'm still going to give the edge to, to Sheffler in this one. I think Sheffler's going to win this week. Wow. What would you say? Well, how would you describe the state of Xander Shoffley's game at the moment? Uh, in neutral, like he hasn't, I think since winning the Olympic gold medal, he's been fine. Um, he hasn't really contended. He hasn't been terrible. It's a lot of finishes in that 15 to 35 round. He needs to get busy. Like he needs to get busy. Is there a player on the, this is a good question, Rick. Is there a player mm. on the PGA tour I'm talking about the elite guys. So not necessarily Cameron Tringali is an answer for this, but is there a player on the PGA tour of the elite guys that needs a win more than Xander right now? Like, a, like uh, I almost said real win, but like a, a full field PGA tour win. Yeah, huh, exactly. No. Yeah, no, I agree. There's nobody. I agree. Because I think could... he's, he's constantly being treated as an elite, which he is. But it's um, okay. He's won these small field events or this, whatever, or the Olympics. And it's just like, when are you going to win more often on the PGA tour? And uh, now that Finau cashed in now that answer cashed in Zalatoris would probably be next on that list just because, but he's not in the class of, of Xander. So no, the answer is by default Xander. The answer is Xander. I think you can make a case for, Zalatoris and Scheffler being the best guys on the PGA tour without a win. And that's, uh, they're probably going to have some questions to answer if they don't get one soon as well. But I'm with you. I think Xander needs one. I'll take Xander here. I just, I I love the floor that he has. Um, and I think he's got four straight top twenties here. If, if, and I agree with you that he's kind of been stuck in neutral, kind of stuck in the mud and the results are still fine. They're still mm-hmm. good, right? Like a lot of guys would love those results. I'll I'll take Xander here because I think he is an elite. Um, but I'm excited about Scotty. Scotty's been, uh, I'll tell you what, he's trending towards victory, man. He, he It's it's coming soon. Yeah, I'm really excited. And I think this is, I went to the Ryder Cup, Rick, and I, I remember so clearly like watching Scotty feed off that atmosphere. So this is completely un- unquantifiable, but I have just this image in my head of Scheffler really enjoying the atmosphere and the energy here this week. So I've got big hopes for him this week as well. All right. I like that. Uh, Bubba Watson versus Corey Connors. Uh, Connors off two straight missed cuts for the first time in over a year, I believe. And Bubba Watson, who uh, got HV threed with that putt on 18 in Saudi Arabia and finished second over there. Now Bubba travels Andy to a place where he's done everything but win. Phoenix has been awesome to him. I'm going Connors. I, I think I love Corey Connors this week. I bet Corey Connors at 66 to one. I just think that you're buying Connors at an absolute low point and yeah. buying Bubba at an absolute high point. And I still think Connors is right now a better player. And listen, he did miss the cut at Torrey Pines. I think Torrey Pines was always going to be an uphill battle for a player like Corey Connors. That's a little shorter off the tee and, and has so much of an advantage on these positional golf courses. I think this is a much better spot for, for Connors. He's been good here. And I think it's a pretty good buy low spot for him. I kind of assessed it in a similar way, which is just, yeah, you're buying so low on Connors. You'd have to be buying very high on Bubba. This is a course that um, not only if you look at the eye test, but when we run the numbers, it's just approach play. I'll give Connors one more crack. I'll take the Corey Connors side as well. I'd be pretty like, okay, if Connors misses the cut this week, not that we get panicky about Corey Connors, but that like, I'd be very surprised to see him miss three straight cuts. That would be pretty concerning. 
Oh, I'd be super surprised. And that's part of the reason why I'm picking him. I just think he's way too good of a player to miss three cuts in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is kind of jumped in the way we thought about him over like starting kind of around this time last year. And I have, I have big hopes for him. I like a lot of these. He, he really started to turn it on last year in the Florida swing too. So I'm expecting a big week for, uh, for Connors. You I'll talk about him a little bit more later. Oh boy. Okay. Max Homa versus Denny McCarthy. I'll go first so that you don't always have to. Uh, and I'll take Denny here because uh, I think Denny's been playing just a lot better than, than people realize. You know, if you go back to, well, first of all, I gained 10 strokes last week at Pebble Beach, finished T12. The American Express, Desert Golf, uh, T6, he gained 12 strokes there, gained seven at the RSM, seven at the Houston Open, five at Maya Cove. I mean, it's been a pretty darn good stretch of golf for Denny, McCarth, uh, Denny McCarthy. Home has been a bit more all over the place. I'll I'll take Denny to keep the good times rolling. Interesting. Okay, so I these were two players that, in full disclosure, didn't really pop a ton in in my research. Uh, I think I'll take Homa just to be different on you there. And um, we've seen kind of the upside that that Homa has comparative to Denny. Uh, but yeah, I get what you're saying with Denny. Denny's popping, and it's always scary fading a guy that has the ability on any given week to gain like nine strokes putting. Yeah, I'll take one of those weeks right about now from uh, <laughs> from Denny, the old nine strokes gain. All right, here's one that I found. Actually, the next two I thought were both pretty difficult, but for different reasons. Uh, Tony Finau versus Brooks Kepka. I think those are two guys with big question marks. Andy, you know, we we already talked about Kepka and Finau's been... It's been all right. I think last week the T8 in Saudi Arabia was his best finish since his victory, something like that at the Northern Trust. So it's it's just kind of a lot of guys stuck in neutral. I don't feel confident about either one of them, to be honest. I prefer Tony here. Um, I'm with you. I these are, I don't think I'm really playing either of these guys. I mean, maybe if 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 the ownership is really right in in DraftKings, I'll, I'll take a chance on some of them, but. I think I'll probably lean Finau, who's been playing just a little bit better. He wasn't that great in Saudi last week. He has, I mean, Brooks has better course history, obviously, but it's not like Finau's been bad here either. He's lost in a playoff here. I think I'm just a little bit more confident in Finau right now, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I don't feel great about either one of these guys. I'll take the Brooks side. Uh, I'm not particularly thrilled about it i just am hoping that he does that thing where he's just brooks and he shows up and finishes t8 and that's good enough to beat tony fina i i i do not have much confidence in either one of these two yeah I, brooks is just and here's the thing about brooks too like you're probably getting a pretty high-end finish of him or you're getting a missed cut right and i think Finau probably has a little bit of a higher percentage to finish like 25th this yeah, week it's, prob it's probably true so that's the only reason why i'm going Finau. the next one i kind of like both of these guys last one adam scott taylor gooch uh I've argued Taylor Gooch is like the most mispriced guy in Danis in daily fantasy formats this week, just because of the one miscut two weeks ago. And he's a great iron player and he's got one bad start in six months. And I, I, I love that Adam Scott's been playing a lot better than I anticipated. And, and his good results um, in Europe are uh, they were like desert golf courses, which is kind of exciting. So I'll, I'll go first and I'll take the Gooch side, but I, I like both of these guys, Andy. Yeah, I'll take the Adam Scott side. Um, I don't love the fact that he, I don't believe, has ever played this course before. But as you mentioned, right. yeah. he, he just finished ninth in, in Abu Dhabi. Um, he's been playing a little bit better than I think people think because the results have just come on the European tour and not the PGA tour. But I think Adam Scott's, he's got some life in him. I think Adam Scott's going to be relevant this year, whether that be at the masters or Riviera, I was going to say it's a good stretch here for him. Yeah. I think Adam Scott's got, got some life on him. I've been keeping my eye on that masters number of him like all year. So I, I think Adam Scott is a pretty good, like early forties candidate to, to keep an eye on for one, one last big one. There will be blood this week because we are on opposite sides in four of these five matchups. So there will definitely be some blood uh, one way or another, which Andy leaves us only with our one and done selections. And uh, you have already teased what I believe is going to be a selection of Corey Connors. Is that accurate? <laughs> I'm going with Corey Connors. 
I'm going to, I'm going to float a strategy question by you right now, Rick. So I have made this rule for myself that I've done a really good job of following so far where I am not selecting anyone in one and done that is over like 45, 50 to one ever. I just, it's not worth it. Even if there's a guy that I really like in the sixties or seventies, just take the guy that the sports books agree is most likely to win, even if he's not really popping in my research. And I loved Tom Hoagie last week. I had Tom Hoagie everywhere. I had him in outright. He finishing positions. He was a lock in my DraftKings lineups. I went to check my one and done. And it's like, man, I was so confident in Hoagie. Why did I not have Hoagie? anywhere in like my five one and done leagues. So I really like Corey Connors this week. I know he's in that like middle tier of the odds board. He's 50. I got him at 66 to one. I still like him more than a lot of guys in the thirties and forties. I'm going with my gut here and taking Connors. What what do you think about that? Do you think I'm dumb kind of abandoning my strategy a little bit based on one week? Well, considering at least up on me, you have a 14x uh, lead. I'm I'm thrilled to hear that you're abandoning your strategy. But um, <laughs> it, it is kind of interesting, right? Because one and done is such a unique format. One and done. And you're only going to play 35 guys or whatever it is over the course of a season. It's not like DFS where there are different values. You know, you using John Rahm versus Tom Hoagie, are, that's both they're both worth one golfer. You've used one golfer, um, which, which makes people tend to lean towards just like the 35 best players and never going down to use Hoagie. So I get it from that perspective, but man, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should be revisiting this. Maybe we should be, but like, how would you No, I mean, how could you, how could you play Hoagie over so many different guys last week? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it was tough. Like the guys that I picked for one and done, it was like Fitzpatrick and Justin Rose, who were in the 20s and Seamus um, were in the 20s and 30s. And like Hoagie, I felt great about, but, you know, it's easy to look at those uh, situations in hindsight and, and say, obviously it worked out this time, but yeah, I kind of go back and forth. Like, I don't think you're ever in a position where you should be taking guys over a hundred to one in one and done. Um, but I feel like I'm in a position in our league where I can trust my gut a little bit and and take a chance and see how it works out for me. It is kind of interesting. You're going to be right less but you but that's okay because if you're especially this uh, r1 and done's kind of it's unique there's not that much strategy but like if you're talking about like a, th- a thousand person pool right you know playing hoagie last week like how often do you have to be right on that where when you are right and he finishes inside the top five or whatever or top three um and he's like two percent owned like you've you've made up a lot of ground so that's the only situation i will say um Especially like if you're in a deep, if you're in a deep one and done and you're trailing a lot in the second half, I'll start firing off all the Tom Hoagies, all the Cam Champs, all the hundred to ones, just because you've got to find a winner and you've got to be like the only guy on him. Yeah. Pepe Silvia in the chat. I used Hoagie in one and done last week. Smarter man than I. And I think he's right. Like I think our little two-man example is is a bad example for this. I should probably be playing it really safe right now and take like JT or someone like that, um, which I'm not going to do this week because that's no fun. But I agree. The larger the contest, I would say the more it's worth taking chances. I agree. I am in uncharted territory. So I went back because I've obviously, as you can imagine, I've basically kept track of every one and done pick I've ever made over the last handful of years. (laughs) And I've last week. So I've never had three missed cuts in a row. I've had that. I did that last week. I'm at four right now. So I am bottom of the barrel, pure panic mode. And I am just going to pick the golfer that I trust the most. And there is no one that I trust more with my life. Uh, than Victor Hovland. So I'm 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 picking Victor Hovland. I don't care that I should save him for a major championship. I don't care that this is a difficult field. I, I don't care about anything. I need I need money. I need points and and Victor will take me to the promised land. Comfy selection, Rick. I, I feel good about that for you this week. I I I like the play. I thought you were maybe gonna go raw. Um 
you know, but it. yeah, no, <laughs> listen, I th- I'm thinking about it too. in some, in some of my other leagues, I think he's probably going to pick one off pretty soon, probably before the masters, but I like the Hovland play a lot here. I mean, he, he doesn't have, uh, he's, I think he's only played her once and missed the, missed cut, the cut, but yeah. there's this thing with Hovland where it's like, what other sport do you get docked for wedding too much? Right. Like I've heard a lot of is Hovland really going to win five times in eight starts or four times in eight starts? Like what other sport do you get docked for winning too much? Uh, None sport. It doesn't exist. It doesn't (laughs) exist. And the guys won three times in five starts. And honestly, if he finishes T3, I'll be I'll quadruple the amount of money that I have on the season and I'll be very happy. Like I, you know, he doesn't have to win in our one and done game to be um, for me to find success out because the average the average would be like. If I got 200,000 bucks from every golfer on the year, I would probably run away with this. What um what is 200k this week? Is that like a T is that a top 10? It'll be probably a little bit higher than that. Let's see. Uh, By the way, um, Brian asked who he wants to know if you're abandoning your pre-year strategy. He asked who's your one and done for this event before the season started. I assume I will, it wasn't Vic. It was not. I will answer that in just a second. So uh, last year, was this last year? It was, oh, this is what, yeah, it'll be like, how did ESPN sent me directly to 2015. Uh, but yeah, so like T11 would be like 150. Yeah, it'll be like a top 10 for 200 grand. Okay, yeah, probably like a T7 or something like that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so my one and done pick before the season was Louis Oosthuizen. So I had, he's played here twice. Uh, I think an 11th and a third, um, which I'm still okay with like, okay. It's weird. The knock of the guy can't win multiple times. And the other knock of, well, I haven't seen him play golf in three months. It's like, well, I'm sure he's been playing golf. Like it's his profession. He's probably been doing it. I, it just hasn't been on television. It's kind of a weird thing. That was the knock on Fitzpatrick last week, Rick, as we hadn't right. seen Fitzpatrick since December, and he casually finishes T6 at, at Pebble Beach and gains strokes, I believe, in all four categories. So, yeah, right. I'm not super afraid of that stuff. Like, it's not like these guys are just sitting on the couch and not playing golf. For sure. They're doing – right, exactly right. They're probably working Golfing harder activities. in the offseason. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, Andy, anything else before we get out of here for this Tuesday scramble for the waste management? I don't think so. That's it. Everyone check out prize picks, and I'm excited to talk to you on Friday, Rick. I'm really excited to see uh, where this tournament goes and, and get to check in with you at kind of the Friday morning point. Friday, noon Eastern will be the next version of the scramble and then we will be into riviere which we'll talk about that exciting week next week but yes we will see you on friday best of luck and uh follow andy on twitter at d adp lack sports i'm at rick run good goodbye